Welcome back to the Built in Public podcast, folks. It's been a couple months. I think the last time we recorded this was right when I moved down in middle of November. Oh, this is so funny. In the, the neighborhood I moved into, some of the roofs here are just flat. They don't have a slope. And so my neighbor will be out here sometimes squeegeeing off his flat roof <laughs> so it doesn't cave in when there's rain. And he's that is he's, insane. That he's up there. There's not even like a rain gutter system built into his roof. I mean, there might be, but he squeegees off a lot of rain. Like it's not yeah. working if there's a system up there. No. Yeah. That. Imagine having. And not that it rains there a lot, but like imagine having to do that every time it rains. This guy's in prime form. Thursday at 12 p.m. He's up on his roof in pajama pants, squeegeeing <laughs> off his flat How roof. How old is this guy? He's got to be like 45. Like. Oh early 50s maybe um welcome back guys it's the new year we have a lot in store for this year we have a lot we want to do with this podcast and some of that is going to bleed into our conversation for this podcast where it's really just a touching base talking about our current projects what we learned what we did in 2022 and then kind of where we see 2023 at I think we should get into doing a lot more of other people's projects that we see out there that are we think are cool. Whether yeah, we find or that or we want to destroy. Like, I, I really want to, like, break apart, like, click funnels, funnels, and then just, like, dump on them. I've been listening to a lot of MFM lately, and it kind of got me into the goal set. Like I, for like my year for like 2023, I tried instituting Sam Parr's like goal system that he talked about a few episodes, a few episodes ago. It was like family finance, fitness, and then fun. Mm -hmm. So I'll see how that goes. And I've already got that implemented into notion. So we're ready for the entire year. (laughs) You know how you just cringe when you look back. I just want to like, I want to just know how that was structured in notion. Like when, when, what do you mean? It's like, well, you, you took Sam Parr's like audio and then made it into a Notion template, right? That's what you're saying? No, I took his thought process and his thought process made okay. it into a Notion. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I was just going to say, it's nobody like cringe when you look back at like past like work that you've done or like ways things were set up. It's like, yeah. I think about how I used Notion like a year ago and I just like fucking cringe. Like, what were you doing, you idiot? Like so much manual work that was done didn't need to be done notions epic but i'm definitely not as like my entire life is not in notion like yours like you have your grocery list in notion you have like how do you change your kid's diaper yeah. in notion yeah everything's in notion like I change my kid's diaper at 12 15 like on chat. my phone i have like you know the widgets like my notion thing is like the top widget and then i'm trying to do this integration where you just add something to todoist and then it automatically adds it to notion so Whoa. I can just go into there, create a task, and it'll put it into my Notion. So you could say it's going to be a good year. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways, on that idea of New Year's, I thought it'd be interesting. And because we are day-to-day operators of a lot of these businesses and projects, it's easy to see the micro and lose track of the macro. Um because from like a 30,000 foot view, you could be like, oh, we have projects that are in a pretty good place and we have a lot of like potential and upside for the new year. But then us being in the driver's seat of a lot of these, like we could pinpoint like 
giant catastrophes that have happened to each of these projects in 2022, which I think is really funny. Um, oh yeah, there's like each of these have something to where like you know some people would say it would just kill the business. Like yeah. oh you know the site got hacked. Okay, the business is dead. Let's give it up. But yeah, you're right. I mean, everyone, it's all just it's all spin zone, dude. It's all however you want to spin it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally right. And going through a lot of these losses, it looked like the majority of the consensus around why things failed was just lack of focus. And it's interesting when you think about that, because it's like at any point of last year, it's not like we were not focused on growing these projects. I wonder if it just wasn't like a like a proper focus or something. Because, like, it would make sense, like, if, like, oh, we weren't paying attention to this because we fucked off for, like, I don't know, I guess we did have a lot of, like, life stuff happen last year. But, um, you know, it's not like we just fucked off and then shit hit the fan. Like, we were working and shit hit the fan. Yeah, but a lot of of these things, too, like, some of them started prior to us being working full-time on this. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we were working full-time. That's true. Full-time was March, April. Yeah. So, it's different, I think, for each one, but... I think overall, just some sort of weekly check-in on every project is beneficial to avoid anything like this, right? Like, for example, uh, inventory losses on for Smoke on us, right? If if we can just track inventory on a week-to-week basis and understand where we're at, we can better plan for the future. Yeah. Also, support. for example, just looking at Canvas tutorials once it. <laughs> Once every month, looking at the website, yeah, looking at the project will prevent us from being spammed by boner pills. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's that's a good idea. That's kind of like the idea of what I was uh, talking about to you on the phone of like how I want to set like my weekly like uh, tasks and activities. I want to less like what I usually do is just like pie in the sky. Like, what do I think will be a cool idea? I'll throw that on my to-do list. What I'm going to do intentionally now week over week is looking at the performance of all the projects comparative to goals we set. And then let that tell me like what actually needs to be done rather than like, Oh, this app looks cool. I'll throw that on the to-do list and burn like three hours. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that's the right way to go about it. Yep. Um, so I guess with that said, 2023 focus, looking at what we did in 2022, we're targeting 138% growth over our five primary uh, projects. And so we can get into what those projects are when we talk about niches. And that sounds like a gigantic growth. Uh, it is, but it's also a lot of these weren't doing a lot. Like a lot of these we're talking about going from 1200 bucks to 8k going from 3k to 10k going from 500 dollars to 20 grand is the bullish one but that's one that we can actually dump money into so yeah i mean i think it, it sounds like a lot but at the end of the day also there's missed opportunities on each one of these that like their current their 2022 revenue could have been higher um, oh, yeah. for every single one so just maintaining stability in all of these i think will easily increase from this year um, but if, if we can act like actually have some real growth from our work, then these will 138%, I don't think is. Yeah. That's like a good problem to have. It would be shitty if we're like, we don't know how to make these do better. We and we want to, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, them. we, we know pretty much exactly how to improve them. So some of those projects, what are they? I guess cannabis tutorials, we've talked about just about all of these. Cannabis tutorials is our cannabis uh, 
blog content site. Uh, Adventure Dogs is our dog apparel brand. Uh, so like leashes and collars, Smoke Honest is our cannabis smoking accessory site, Smokeware. Podcast Curious is a comedy podcast content play just on video content. And then Crafty Bartending is bartending information content website. So a few of these are pure content SEO plays, one's a video play, and then two of them are e-com. Yeah, niche-wise, they're kind of spread out. There's two in the cannabis niche, but otherwise, they're kind of everywhere. I think the one yeah. other niche that... Cannabis, bartending, and dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one other niche that I think we both think is really interesting is mommy products. Mommy products. Um, which we might get into in consulting a little bit, which would be really cool to give us a taste of it before we decided whether we'd want to actually pursue a project in that space. But um, I think the, the big reason is, is, and we can get into the, uh, the projects we currently have going, but like why we'd want to get into mommies. I think that's a good discussion topic because I think yeah, we've about I mean, this for I, five years at least uh, talking about selling mo- products to mommies. I might not look like it, but I'm kind of an expert in mommy content. I've been a passive viewer of mom vlogs for the last 10 years, thanks to my wife. So yeah. I know how content is delivered. I know how they're sold. And I think it's wild that the industry is as big as it is with how boring the way that things are sold. I think in my opinion, like is, and this is something like my dad brought up over the holidays was my mom was going to a gift exchange and each person had to bring 12 gifts. 12, what? not 12, like not one secret Santa. No, you bring 12 of the same gift and there's 12 women and they each get one. And so you walk away with 12 gifts. I feel like this niche is one of the last active blog, like OG blog that isn't SEO listicle plays. It's like people just talking about their lives and there's active engagement on them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that those blog, I think also vlogging and then I think like just dumb, simple reels and TikToks are Mm -hmm. firing for these moms right now. Like if they can just scroll through shit and get more products and go order them in a few clicks, they're going to do it. And it's clean. It's all advertiser friendly. They usually have more disposable income. Like this is a great niche to be involved in. If not like no cap on what they can buy. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. We have a pitch out for some consulting in 2023 this year with a apparel brand. Uh, We think we could be a good fit with it. And just learning the ins and outs of it would be very, very interesting uh, if our assumptions are reality. And I think they will be. I'm very interested to see like the email side of things. We used to work uh, with an older demo that was male focused and email was it crushed, right? Email and radio, these old mediums. And I would assume that email to the female demo, female demo. um, Might even be higher. Yeah, I think it'd do amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think when just when you think of like your mom, my mom, like my mom always checks her email. That's like what they were brought up with, I feel like. Logan doesn't unsubscribe from emails and it pisses me off. I think she has 30,000. She doesn't archive them or delete them. She opens them and leaves them there or just doesn't open them. It's insane. And she, she'll she never delete them because like years ago, she had this amount. It's like maxed out, whatever the number could be maxed out. She went through and spent hours one day deleting them. And then it just didn't register. And so like the next day, all the emails reappeared. And she's like, oh, I'm just never going to go through my inbox ever again. 
Um, one other thing on here I wanted to talk about was financial offers because I feel like they'll have a resurgence in 2023. One of the guys that we work with was talking about that. And yeah. I I think they will. I think it won't be the same until 2024. I don't think it'll be bullish types of offers, but I think bearish ones are still going to do really well in the traditional space this year. Yeah, I think so too. I think any no matter what, if it's a bull or bear market, I think people are always trying to figure out what to do with their money. I think if you can have yeah, an but offer, especially yeah. the traditional space where like everything was crypto focused yeah. and like these speculative opportunities, and now all of those opportunities are laughable. Yeah. No, I agree. And I, yeah, I think you're right. It's not going to be in like the high risk space. It's going to be in much lower risk, just consistent gains can, can keep your wealth type offers. Like, yep. how are you going to maintain your money this year? Can you get a 10% increase? Don't shoot for the 110 fake increase. We've seen what happens to all those brands. They end up right. at zero. Like that type of they offer. They end up with the FTC. Well. Yeah. You're welcome for whoever listened to this. I just built you a financial offer in my head. Um, you like this little NFT uh, adopter scale I put in here? What is it? I don't think I see it. You've seen this scale before, though, right? Like the innovators. Oh, oh, oh like the, the laggards sp- with Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The early innovators of the NFT was Crypto Kitties. No one gave a shit. They thought it was cute. Got very high attention the when the early punks. majority around punks and apes and shit. And then you got the laggards with the Trump cars, dude. Yep. <laughs> This is why 2023 is going to be back to Agora's back, dude. Agora is back. Back selling Trump NFTs. Yeah. No, uh, Robert Kiyosaki NFTs yeah. probably. Yeah. Shane Goldfisher. ChatGPT, can you like do it? Give me a quick 30 second overview of ChatGPT. I don't know too much about it. All that I know about it is that it's just like open source AI that you could type anything in and get responses. And people think yep. that okay. that's, that's all I know over. about it too. But, but you can get amazing. Like I've seen people that are like developing apps, like it's spitting back code, like to request, which is oh, insane. Wow. So like build a piece of an e-commerce site in HTML and it'll spit you out. I think code. so. It'll be like, yeah, it'll be like, uh, Write me some code of a box with chat. I, I think it could be that distinct. I mean, I might be talking out my ass, but I'm pretty sure I've seen like a bunch of Twitter posts where developers are saying like, you still need to understand code if you want to be able to get something back. But this thing is like writing code for us. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, I mean, yeah, now, everyone's talking about it. Like ten, everyone, everyone on Twitter is like, oh, 10 companies you could start with chat GPT using AI. Yeah, a lot of the, yeah, I'm saying, I hate Twitter, dude. I've been using it so much more lately and I hate it. I need a filter that filters out anyone that ends a post with, here's how. Oh, and then it's a big thread. Yeah, I'm done with those people. Yeah, I think that is Here's how. Yeah. Like, fuck you, dude. Just write one tweet. One tweet. Ten steps to do this, a thread. Yeah, it'll be like seven steps to get ahead in 2023. And the first one is get started now <laughs> like, shut, like shut the fuck up i hate you. sean posted something funny yesterday where it was uh, uh he took a picture of a draft you see it a picture of a draft of his tweet he's like i didn't tweet this it's just a draft of something i wrote and it was like so he's like so you can't get angry at me and the tweet said if you tweet something like time to start building your wife is definitely cheating on you with your with her trainer or something <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Time to start building. Speaking of, there's talks that Tom Brady's wife, Giselle, was cheating on him with her her personal trainer. That's what that's the cause for the split, not because the goat was going after his eighth Super Bowl ring. I mean, I'm sure the guy was pretty checked out from the relationship. I would assume so. <laughs> like, oh, retiring. Great. Um, I mean, he probably went back because he found out, right? Like, why else would you go back? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, totally true. But like, yeah, anyways. Oh, uh, uh, my next thing. Yeah, is random uh, 2023 the year for AI. I think like there's a year for crypto, there's a year for tech stocks, there's a year for cannabis, there's a year for all this shit. I think this year it's going to be AI. I think it's Let like a pretty- Let me add another question to that then. Is it going to be the same way where it's too fast of an adoption that there's then a counter reaction? Or is yeah, this- I think that's already I think that's already happening in like- this in 2022 like there was the too fast of adoption of ai writing blog content and like now there here comes google's like counter thing of fuck your ai content we're gonna crush your guys sites if you're using it although who really knows i mean there's yeah, that's been worthwhile ai sites have been hit like different ones like i'll see guys posting test projects where oh all of a sudden three months in like my ai site hit zero after being at three thousand visits a day yeah, but that's arguably like an okay thing that like I feel like most people would say con- people trying to like I hate right. reading AI content when I'm looking You're for right. something. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll be barked back at like, oh, is AI getting too powerful? I guess there is bark back. Like even like self-driving cars, that's AI, right? Like there's lawsuits. <laughs> people are dying yeah. in Teslas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's and a lot of the people who like are going to bark at AI are the same people who like I wouldn't even trust to get in a car with anyways. It's like, oh, you wouldn't trust an AI car? It's like, nah, dude, I don't want to drive with you. Like, yeah. I would rather my car auto-drive than get in your car. Is that me? No, it's not you. Oh. But I'm I feel like that's it. a lot of the U.S. population is going to be that way. <laughs> like, I don't trust Elon Musk, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. Elon's doing better. He's, my I, uh, in my other pot, I made a recommendation to him. He just needs to shut his mouth for the year of 2023. Like, What about his Twitter? T- no, he needs to stop talking like entirely. He's really funny. No up. tweeting either. No. Well, you like, should have done. You should have given that advice to Trump back when he was president. Like, what's what's the last thing you heard from Jeff Bezos? The dude's checked out. You're so right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Elon likes to be a little bit more controversial than Bezos and any of those other business guys. Like, yeah, that's his problem. Yeah, you're right. Probably is. And I did give my advice to Trump. That's why we launched those NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> Just took a long time to approve the artwork but, of him in an astronaut costume. <laughs> you know what I think is actually just is, is going to have a really successful year too? I think email newsletters are going to have a really successful year. Like I, I don't, I just, I feel like every I feel like there needs like, to be a better email delivery. Email is dead. Email is dead. And then each year I'm like, I kind of like these email newsletters better every year. Like they seem to get better. Like I was like, oh, I don't really, wasn't a huge fan of newsletters. Milk Road dropped, and I was like, "Damn, this is actually an interesting newsletter about something that I I kind of care about, but like I don't really want to read actively." That's what I agree with you. I agree that the idea and the content is good. I think the vehicle is getting outdated, and I don't know what a better vehicle for this like daily content from a bunch of sources that you enjoy seeing needs to be. Whether it's like an app or like, but like I get so many emails that I would love to just have my newsletters in one area. And I know the company we used to work for was like originally trying to do something like this for like 
the investing trading space. It was a cool idea. Every morning, it's like I get emails from people, I get bills, and then like, oh, there's my newsletters. And it's like, oh, I'm not even thinking about those now. Yeah. I just snooze them to later. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the one other thing is I feel like no one has really tested a newsletter in SMS form. Yeah, they that tried, like, right? But it was like one story. It was like, get one story of the day that matters the most. There's been people that have tried it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Newsletters, they still feel good. Like there's all these new type of newsletter businesses coming out software wise. I feel like usually when new software is growing really fast, it's showing it's going to show good metrics like uh, of coming years. Isn't it wild that all news just used to be print? It's fucking yeah. wild. Yeah. I picked up a newspaper recently. It's like the God. first newspaper I've held in five plus years at least. Like you bought a newspaper or you just picked no, it, it was up? like free at the coffee shop. Oh. It's like 2022 year in review and bend. And I, and I looked at it. It's like interesting. You got your cough. You're like, huh? they okay. do, they do a decent job. What I can't imagine is, is like, I, I'm just, and maybe it's my age, but I didn't look at a single ad in the entire newspaper. I went through the entire newspaper. It never looked at an ad. There were ads everywhere, but like not applied in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. People are still buying ads in newspapers. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last the topic, last thing we can get into holidays. holidays. So we just got done with Black Friday and Christmas. And wouldn't you believe it that Etsy completely blew up in a good way for Smoke Honest? Yeah, I think like, dude, Etsy's a funny thing, but we spent a lot of extra time focusing on Etsy starting in October um, in terms of optimizing around like, okay, like how can we optimize our listings? How can we better spend our ad budget? Etsy dropped a new feature allowing you to kind of like say which keywords are and aren't relevant to your ads, which is really helpful um, because the keywords were bonkers. Like they're, you know, it was like, oh, here's an ashtray. And they were like, you know, uh, the keyword could have been um, like storage box. And it's like, no, those are two different products. Like they're not relevant. But I think overall Etsy, like one, it was just the increased focus around how can we better develop our listings so they show up better on the Etsy's SEO. But two, it's just the holidays. People go to Etsy for gifts. And I think like, you know, this was a big thing during COVID is that Etsy grew a ton in customer during COVID, like new customers, like new people awareness. Yeah. Etsy. And now all those people are thinking, oh, Etsy's the place to come for a gift. Like, um, I mean, I, I don't know Etsy's numbers. I'm sure they'll reveal, I'm sure they dropped that. Um, I think it's a public company, but I would assume their traffic and, and numbers over December are just insane. Like I would think double, triple previous months. Yeah, they would have to be. See, I'm looking up some Etsy seller statistics. I guess we want buyer statistics, huh? Or just like their business statistics, like if they have public info on stuff. Damn. In 2020, Etsy had 4.4 million sellers. Uh, the number increased to 7.5 million at the end of 2021. 86% of the sellers are female. That makes sense. I think the buyer market is mostly female too. I would say probably 60% plus is female buyer, at least on Etsy, which is, I mean, it's great for us if we're honest. For example, like we have an honest Etsy store, like it gives us access to new customers. It gives us access to ad spend to, to buy new customers. And it's, you know, it was profitable during the holidays, which is really good. So um, I think the other things like the holidays are an interesting piece overall. It's like e-commerce 
really focuses on the holidays and a lot of brands make all their money during the holidays. We don't have particularly like strong holiday performance. They are in like our top months, but I think they're not like outpacing like they could have been or could be. And I think some interesting things that I saw like homepage categories for gifts under 50 bucks, gifts under a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. gifts for men, gifts for women, gifts for your wife, gifts for your spouse, like different like categorizing these things to where it's just bringing people one step closer to like, oh, this is a gift under 50 bucks. Here's what I want. Boom. Like versus going to your full shop page and like viewing all, you know, 50, 100, 200. Yeah, skews. basically make it easier for the customer. Yeah. Just slim it down. Like here's what we got under 50 bucks if that's what you're looking for. So I think like that needs to be done. Um, yeah, we should do that for, uh, well, I guess 420 is the next one. And I mean, I can think like, you know, gifts under 50, like that could survive on your site all year round, um, depending on the niche that you sell to, right? I don't like, think so though. Cause like, I mean, maybe, right. Cause like we, I would say not, that not, not for honest, 90%, but... right, right, right. It's gotta be a huge site then. Cause like what websites are people primarily going to, to shop for other people besides themselves? I feel like most e-com people are buying for themselves. Like Etsy is one of the rare ones, right? Where it's like, yeah, are yeah you might be right. I mean, yeah. So maybe that's just a November, December thing yeah. as you're, you know, like breaking out more of those gift stuff. The other thing I think is, is earlier outreach for gift guides. Like we, that's a, a huge piece, you know, cannabis gifts, 420 gifts. If you're in another niche, whatever the niche is gifts and like making sure that those articles ranking in the top 10, that your product is in them. Cause that moves an insane amount of product. Yeah, it does. It's a ton of traffic. And the conversion rate from those is crazy. Something it's kind of cool. It's just cool that like we saw Etsy work so well when we talked about it like a couple months ago. It's just kind of like curiosity around Etsy SEO. Yeah, we were just like, oh, can it get better? Like, maybe. Let's try some shit. Like, and it did. I mean, our, I looked at it yesterday. Our search numbers were way up. Yeah, that conversion rate over the last 30 days is insane too. 2.7. Yeah. Which is double what we do on our site. We should get some more expensive products there. Well, and there's no blog content going to Etsy, so it's just different. The buyer. Yeah, that's true. The buyer mentality is there. It's all product focused. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd expect it to be a lot higher than our site. But yeah, I don't think I have anything else I want to talk. um, I feel like I want to do more on other people's projects. Let's do it. In this podcast and less on ours. Like, I think we can touch on a lot of ours, like maybe month to month, but I think it would be cool to do like two to three project type, like a week where we're one in mind for the next episode, digging into a few projects. Um, I was thinking, I mean, just cause this is what I was looking at earlier was the, the girl who built that programmatic tool page factory digging into a few of her projects. She has garden anti. She has uh, a fantasy Congress you know, website. She yeah. also releases public data, which helps to talk like, you know, we can share that um, since it's public data. So I think that would be a cool one to talk about. But I think any anywhere where we can get like founders and creators who are sharing extra info, right? Like I don't want to just talk about some site. We have no idea what they're doing. People who are building in building public. In public. I like and that that's idea. the episode, guys. Thank you so much. Guys, welcome back. Stick around. We'll be here next week. Have a great rest of the week. And always remember, let's go build. The Magic Puzzle Company, another one I want to talk about. A really interesting thing. Yeah.